0: Hello and welcome to the NXT review. I'm Michael Hamphill from What Culture and I'm joined by Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to discuss everything that happened last night on the brand formerly known as NXT 2.0. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pad Bean, or wherever you get your podcast from, for Daily Wrestling Podcast, where we not only preview review the brand formerly known as NXT 2.0, but also Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We also hold wrestler interviews, have a roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. So, yes, it's just me and Sidrick today. For those that missed yesterday's NXT preview, Adam Wilborn has uh, hitchhiked to Florida with Stax uh, to fix his plane with his engineering skills, using his tool belt that was a family heirloom, which is something we've always spoken about. Like, if you've not been listening close enough, you wouldn't know that he's got this tool belt as a family heirloom. So both of them couldn't make it today. They'll be back on the podcast early, perhaps, as the AW Dynamite
1: preview, actually. But certainly by tomorrow, those two will be back kicking around. Is that right? It is. And look, I get it. Certain listeners might be suspicious and maybe think it's some kind of cockamamie scheme of some sort, (laughs) where if this was true all along, Right. Mm. And we haven't heard about it literally for years. Uncle Howdy's about. Yeah. He's at large. So. It's, do you think
0: Uncle Howdy is the family member with the early? Do you think yes. Uncle Howdy had the tool belt? Yes, I think so. so that's, uh,
1: but you know, th- these things can happen. WWE have taught us yeah. that things can just not be said out loud no, for nine just. years and then, you know, that'll it, happen and everyone <laughs> just buys it. Now, uh,
0: are they though, Sidgwick? The lucky ones for missing this review or the unlucky ones what were your thoughts on this NXT at large do you think Wilborn and Stax were wishing they could be here to talk about it today or do you get the impression hypothetically that like in another room in this very building Adam Wilborn is
1: counting his blessings hypothetically hypothetically, I would say that he would have come into the office this morning mm-hmm. Say, did I miss anything on NXT? (laughs) And we had the misfortune of saying it was really mid. It was really mid. There was precious little to laugh at. Yeah. And there was precious little to... And there always is precious little to get excited about in the ring, but there was very little of it. There was some really funny stuff that I'm looking forward to burying, actually. Yeah. Maybe he would have enjoyed this. Well... If he wasn't in America. Yeah, obviously. Potentially back in time for this afternoon. Yeah. I'm guessing if he
0: route. From America right now. Well, maybe Stax is flying him back to, before he flies home. If the plane's got fixed, we can, yeah. we can only hope, can't we? I uh, genuinely think the show, in terms of a quality point of view, because there is sometimes quality on NXT. Like We always feel like you have to drop that in. It's like, we're not just here for a piss take. Sometimes it's good, but it did pretty much peak within the first 15 minutes, I thought. Uh, Roxanne Perez uh, is... like It's not just, uh, she's too good for NXT. It's how much is she too good for NXT at this point? Not because NXT's like the old NXT, this development, are they going to get the call up or anything? Because anyone can kind of go anywhere. Now you see main roster stars drop on, like people getting regular main event tryouts within WWE, and they could appear at any moment on the main roster. But Roxanne Perez, especially for her age and relative inexperience, compared to some of these people that have been living at the performance center now for years and years and years, is like years in front. Um, This match with Indy Hartwell, is something you will never watch again. It was what opened NXT. It's been based on the... Uh, the not the few they've been having as such, but Indy Hartwell. Losing her patience with the way things have gone for an NXT and telling Roxanne Perez that she needs to take things more seriously. It's not about friends. This is not show friends. It's show business. It's show... <laughs> and uh, Roxanne Perez needs to learn that. Or does she? Because it turns out that you can be a nice person and a great wrestler, which is what she says. She... She defeated Indy Hartwell here. Um, it was kind of one of them nights where Hartwell needed to have that uh, standout performance, and I'm not sure she really no, found no, it. Not really. Um, but this was, again, another good night for Roxanne Perez. I think she plays this. She does play this um, fired up, youthful, everything might be all right, actually, babyface act incredibly well. And I, I, for somebody so young, I genuinely think she elevates most people she's in there with. What are your thoughts on this?
1: My thoughts on this is that I found it incredibly difficult to take seriously the idea of the emerging young prodigy defeats a more established veteran who resents the very very quick and rapid progress of the prodigy mm. so much so that she thinks that to stay ahead of the prodigy I'm gonna have to like turn heel basically. You
0: didn't get Zabisco Samartino vibes. From no, this, I didn't. No. No, I didn't.
1: You know, I, I'm gonna have to. This one's nipping at my heels. I have to take a few shortcuts. I yeah. have to develop a more ruthless streak, which is all code and euphemism for turning heel. It was impossible to take seriously because, like, she's not the veteran who isn't in form in character. She is a professional wrestler who would be much better served as a valet. And it's mm. such an underutilized role. Yeah. We know, like, Woman was one of the best characters of the 90s. Mm. Think of the goddamn ground that covers. She was phenomenal Indy Hartwell as this how are you so funny kind of comedy character and she's just not that good in the ring but not everyone needs to be um working wrestling. Still, Cathaway, Lana. These roles just still exist in modern wrestling. Yeah they should and she should be occupying one of them because the idea of Indy Hartwell as this you know veteran who's not at her best it just is woefully unconvincing for me.
0: So, we're suggesting getting her on Monday Night Raw so the way can be completed and we can have Gargano in
1: theory. The way is better than anything Indy Hartwell's doing on NXT. Yeah. It's better than anything Johnny Gargano is doing on Raw. I still think Johnny Gargano is above it and could be a let the wrestlers wrestle guy, mm-hmm. but it would be a better compromise than this. For most, yeah, for pretty much all four of them, maybe apart from Gargano, yeah. But apart from theory.
0: Yeah, I guess. But then I still like them more in the way than I do now. Like, really pure heart. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
1: actually felt something from him in that group rather than now as this guy. It would going be to a make- regression because enough people like him, enough people talk about whether they like him or not where – Anyway, Indy was not good. Yeah, she's not great, is she? Um, yeah, Roxanne Perez got the win here. And um, we should point out, like,
0: this: these were peppers throughout the show, but this was this match and this win and Roxanne Perez's momentum was used as part of the various um, legends coming together to judge who was going to make the Iron Survivor Challenge. There was, like, we can pretty much ball these into one, but we'll talk about how it paid off later on. Um, what did you make of Shawn Michaels, X-Pac, Road Dogg, Alundra Blaze and Molly Holly coming together to analyse... Strengths and weaknesses of the NXT roster. It was terrible. Yeah, it was, it was, wasn't it? It was
1: really, really, really bad.
0: It went like, for, it's just if anybody that hasn't watched it, I sense that people listen to these reviews actually looking to find out what happened because they don't watch. This was played as like X Factor America's got yes, talent it was like judges houses. Pop thing, it? That's exactly the thought I had. All the pictures on the table, a bit of conversation, like cliche strewn takes on wrestlers. Uh, to give Shawn Michaels, as it turned out, Shawn Michaels the kind of the final say. They're very much, he was cast as like the Simon Cowell
1: figure, wasn't he? Um, Except Simon Cowell's got charisma. Yeah, <laughs> all the charisma has deserted Shawn Michaels. Aye, aye. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. What, what did you make of this? Yeah. Terrible. It was like Pop Idol. The um, the dialogue is ever even between three people, right? That we know for a fact hmm. are either very close or close enough to maintain a business relationship, even if, for example, Shawn Michaels and Road Dog disagree vehemently about certain things. Mm. They have rode the towns together. They've shared many experiences together. They should be capable in their real lives of holding and conducting organic conversations that feel real between real people who know each other and have real relationships. You stake a... WWE camera in front of <laughs> anyone's face or 99.2% of people's faces and it just instantly feels fake. I yeah. don't know how they do it. It's... There's a big one of them to come later on in this yeah, show, by the way. It is the weirdest skill imaginable. I don't know why he'd wanted to make it feel this overproduced, but Rule Dog was trying to be funny and he was woefully unfunny, as you'd expect, because he never was funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, X-Pac, at the very least, was really trying to hone in on this guy's great in the ring for this reason. Mm -hmm. This person is not six foot five, but when you're that good, it doesn't matter. He was really trying to put over the wrestlers and determining their wrestling acumen compared to the other wrestlers to determine whether they should be involved in a significant wrestling match. They were talking about Von Wagner, for example, and saying, yeah, he's just not connecting with crowds. (laughs) Yeah, And it's like, he's not trying to sell records here. Like in Pop Idol, because yeah. it's a right, great voice, but I've got no about them, and we want them to sell records. It's this sort of meta process, mm-hmm. yeah. X Factor and Pop Idol, where it's like, right, if you're a bigger star who can't sing as well, who cares if you've got... Yeah, they're allowed to say, will this person sell records? Yes. Because that shows the, as much about that as it is making a singer or of it, yeah. Yeah. Like drawing fans <laughs> is meant to be a byproduct that you don't talk about as much. Yeah. And WWE has gone meta, for several years. Like, the tribal chief character is very, very mad. He's the biggest star. Mm-hmm. Not just the best wrestler, he's the biggest star. Yeah. It's dead without him sort of thing. So I, I'm i not trying to willfully ignore what wrestling has become. Molly Holly saying that script gear sucks. Yes. Imagine that. Like that. <laughs> but you are not meant to say the quiet part as loudly as they did here. Oh, Van Wagner, he's got no charisma, no one cares about him. But, you know, he's had a decent run. Like, just don't put him in the match. Yeah. Talk him up and say, yeah, but maybe... He hasn't won the big one yet. That's a storyline beat. Don't say oh, he's not connecting with crowds. I know that's the point of wrestling. That is not the purpose of the Iron Survivor Challenge. It was so strange as well, right?
0: Because, like, we'll get to the reveal later on and how they how they arrive at the the wrestlers in the matches. It has. We talked about this yesterday. The Iron Survivor Challenge is low key NXT having a bash at wins and losses matter and rankings. Yes, but genuinely. Um, for as much as we rip the piss out of this show, the way in which this match has been arrived upon, and indeed the wrestlers in it, for the most part, matches that take place on this episode that we're reviewing and the last few weeks have directly impacted these lineups. And in, there's like a last chance battle, which again features some others. So the fact that they've used actual things such as wins and losses mattering, which must have like made Road Dog skin crawl. Yes. Like, well, how, what's this winning run that they're on? Um, and then still gone a. Uh, what has turned into almost a shoot performance evaluation on television is the strangest thing. Yeah. Why not just talk about results and show have highlights flashing up, wrestler well, attributes and their yeah results? Uh-huh. It, I this was very very str- not at all what I expected for WWE, but maybe worse than that. Like whatever my expectations were, they weren't met. Um, we go backstage after the um, this was after the Rock pricing. thing. We go to uh, a bit of chase you law Adam Wilborn probably wishes he was on for this in particular because there was some big strides forward in this storyline ongoing at the moment. Uh, there's Steve Hill, there's Duke Hudson, there's Andre Chase. Uh, Hudson uh, is feeling real guilty. He says that he's... He does that thing where he does the WWE exposition of saying sorry, and then uh, Andre Chase cuts him off and like, I know, I was actually there. You did it to me. But, like, why doesn't... Like, yeah, I know he's your dad. Like, we know yeah. we know Dominic, he's your dad. It's one of the things that, as you say, like, WWE, the wrestlers don't decide at any given moment if they're in their own lives or not. Yeah, I know. Until they do. Um... Hudson has – it's wrestling – so, everything is done by petition and all that sort of thing. And, you know, like, if, if if there was a smart Mark Sterling, there would be legal intervention. But instead, he's got a petition, and he wants to get Andre Chase into the Iron Survivor Challenge because, obviously, the judges are uh, still making up their minds up. Um, Grayson Waller, on the other hand, who pops in a shot, disagrees vehemently, as you would expect Grayson Waller to do. He wants to get into the match. Uh, and they're going to have a match later on to theoretically, ostensibly, decide who's going to take one of these spots, apparently. Um, we go next to something that I imagine you're quite excited to talk about. Uh, it's DiJax. Uh, yeah, re-debut, I guess, in NXT. Uh, he's facing Dante Chan. We've talked before about how Dante Chan's got a great face for getting his ass kicked. Uh, he always stands there in the ring, in his gear. He's not allowed any sort of entrance attire. He's already there, and he's going to get destroyed. And he fits that profile quite well, and he does here against Dijak. I've got to be honest, right? As stupid as this character is, more on this later, as awful as last week's debut was this wasn't a half bad squash I didn't think Chen bumped incredibly well for this super impact stuff there was a it was it was every squash you've ever seen but all squashes now are supposed to have a little bit of individual characteristic from the person doing the squashing and there was a bit where Dijak was out the ring yeah I love a, this bit for a count out tease right uh Chen just desperately tries to get back in the ring and Dijak rather than getting in to finish the job. Pulls him back to the outside as if it was a shark finishing, its, uh, finishing like Jaws, finishing the victim, yeah. pulling the man back into the ocean to be bludgeoned all the more. So there were a couple of genuinely, it's, it's a shame, there was a couple of genuinely cute, wow this guy could monster people, maybe Wesley is in trouble, maybe the North American title is at risk. The character is so lame, like... It cannot get out of its own way because physically, DiJack can go, Obviously, he actually hit his finisher this time rather than botching it like he did last week. So that's back over again. There was a couple that like, he did the um, like the Tiger Bomb Choke Slam looked dangerous as all hell. Like there was cool rotation on the way
1: that Dante Chen took that bump. So lots of good here. What a lame character. It's so lame. It's as if he has ingested a steady diet of the worst 80s action movies he's ever (laughs) seen in terms of his aesthetic. We'll get to the dialogue later on, Jesus Christ. But as a byproduct of that, he knows how to monster people and he knows Mm. how to just shove them around. And it looked brutal and it looked really good. Um, That exact spot stuck out to me. The whole point, right, of a squash match isn't just for an enormous guy who is... So much bigger than the pitiful small opponent, and he can hit some power moves on him. Mm. you are meant to feel like this person is doomed, stands no chance, and in fact is in deep trouble and I thought that was a really unique way, yeah, the um spot that you mentioned where Dan HM was trying to get back in the ring, he was like you're not no like you <laughs> are not safe you are not surviving this, you cannot get away from me and that was really unique this is a good squash match mm. but it's but it's die jack. It's die jack. Um, yeah, There's a ceiling on the scar.
0: <laughs> More on later. Uh, J D McDonough's kicking around um, with the creeds. He's gone to the Diamond Mines Trading Place, the Diamond Dojo. Um, and they're not too fussed about JD McDonough. Uh, they just want to have the intershare match. They're training for that. They're all ready for it. Um, but McDonough's hassling them. And I like—I couldn't work out from this if the match was already arranged for later on or if it was this interaction that led to an impromptu one. But either way, we've got uh, JD McDonough versus one of the Creeds later on. We'll see how that develops. Um I right, so we've got one of the judging things, which we've kind of discussed in detail. So we'll go to Grayson Waller and Duke Hudson having their match next, which is ostensibly for a spot in the Iron Survivor Challenge, even though the judges are going to make their minds up. Um, <laughs> so Duke Hudson is obviously now all decked out in the Chase You thing. He's trying to show just how committed he is. Um, he makes this comeback onto... He makes this comeback. He's uh, getting beaten down by Grace Waller, but he makes this big sort of spir- like fired-up babyface comeback. Then the brawl spills to the outside, and then Duke Hudson runs, uh, aiming to hit like a big boot. And uh, Grace Moloney's out of the way, and he very nearly um, hits Theo Hill. And it's like, oh God, I nearly got you. But kind of brilliantly here. Uh, Andre Chase is incandescent with rage because it was that that hit him last week. And he was like, what, you can actually stop yourself, what? Like, he's not angry that
1: Thea Hill didn't get one right in the face, but he's a bit pissed off that Duke Hudson could have actually pulled his punch. I quite like that detail. I didn't hate this at all. Duke Hudson said, and I think, don't worry, I can stop this at any (laughs) time. What do you mean, any time? Any time. What about last week then? Yeah. This is... Sorry, he rolls in and then, because of the distraction, Wallop is able to beat Yeah, no one with, cares about who wins and loses. Like hit, hits his rolling son, Wins and losses yeah. don't matter. We know this role <laughs> in that um, federation anyway. Yeah, I like that detail. And I also liked, to a degree, because Andre Chase is meant to be... It's ridiculous. He's like a, kind of a new... I know he's been on the Indies, actually. Um, actually. But he's meant to be... the. The professor of professional wrestling he <laughs> yeah. wasn't very good at it, so you just go with it because it's just stupid WWE <laughs> nonsense that's actually, at least subjectively, quite funny, right? But this was such an on-the-nose, I'm only pretending to be a babyface, babyface performance yes. that I kind of enjoyed it because it's going to make... It was silly and it was fun in and of itself. It's going to make perfect sense when he's revealed not to be a babyface. face. added like, right,
0: chase you arm tassels. Yeah, yeah he had the chase
1: you arm tassels. And I was like the idea of Drew Cutts and going, right, I need to fool these idiots <laughs> about how I'm going to be a babyface, right? I'm such a heel that I don't really pay attention to the babyfaces when I study tape, right? Who's a popular babyface? face am Hulk Hogan and Dusty Rhodes, and I'll just do their stuff. <laughs> it's like, I'll get away with it. I'll yeah. get away with it. Like, g- genuinely, they seem to have fun putting this bollocks together, and it's like... I can feel it as well. Yeah, I think it's like this.
0: This is a. Uh, if it's, I feel like I'm just lying. i listening. So this is uh, this is really cooking. This it's not because nothing really cooks on this show. But in terms of stories that you can see that there's a, a clear defined endpoint, it's quite fun just watching them. Piss about getting there. Yeah. Like, it's, it's that nice days at Worthing, isn't it? I think Andre Chase and G. Hudson, having a, and Thea Hale as well, are having a lot of fun getting in on Tuesday. And like, what are we doing tonight? It's a nice vibe. Yeah. It's like, very, there's
1: a vibe to this. It's very silly, but there's an art to silliness. Yes. And there's an actual thought process being applied here, which I'm genuinely in admiration of. I can stop it at any time.
0: <laughs> there is an art to silliness, which is worrying, because uh, one of the things we've really enjoyed about NXT lately has been the misadventures of Big Body Havi and uh, there wasn't much art to this silliness this week. He has got this, um, so he's been doing this thing, for anybody that like, doesn't listen regularly, or, he's been uh, doing this thing where he's been laying out challenges to people that simply cannot answer them. And it's a good recurring bit. It's, it's, still, ve- it's very, he's studied Chris Jericho. Yeah, basically. it's still, it's stolen from Bret Hart, it's stolen from Chris Jericho in his big list. But it's been decent comedy, and he's got the uh, uh, charisma to pull it off as well. We've always been, uh, he's a bit of a cult favourite, I think yeah, everybody yeah. has doesn not he? Because he's always shown that pretty much from the off. Um, But he's here this week with something a little bit different. It's Big Body Tuesday. It's uh, piggybacking off uh, Christmas shopping and Black Friday sales and all that. And he's basically got his big body having merchandise, presumably off the cult success that these last few weeks have gone for him. So he's got a um, baseball bat uh, and he names a baseball player and he gets the name wrong, I think. Adam, is it Adam Judge? I don't know. Anyway, like him and like Mackenzie and it's Mitchell, Aaron, Aaron Judge. Yeah, him and Mackenzie Mitchell. Like he's getting it all wrong, and she's correcting. Him, and that's the bit. As usual, she's pretty great in this. Still, like bouncing off his stuff. I disagree, but we'll move on. Okay. Uh, what else is he flogging? He's also got his uh, big body pillow, which uh, she reminds him already trademarked and already exists. Uh, he says that he does the he does the sable thing for a bit of uh, podcast lore. Men want to be him, women come to see him, which she rebuffs immediately. And he's also got a, a eau de parfum, which uh, she says, Ugh, that smells like rotten eggs. Yeah. That's a real dog line. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this does have some LTST, because obviously when he first started doing this bit, the first challenge he laid out was to Axiom, who had been stretched out, having lost to JD McDonough. Uh, but Axiom is back, and Big Body Javi had no idea. But now... You know, he's kind of a hoisted by his own petard, and the match is set for later on. Uh, he's been surprised by Axum, I and <laughs> this guy's got his comeuppance. Ah, it felt like the train was careering off the tracks here.
1: I'm still rooting for Big Body Harvey. Yeah, he's got something. This will be a we're still fighting for this title. I'm still fighting for this title. <laughs> Big Body Harvey's got something, um, and I think this will be a nice little misadventure mm-hmm. that'll be fondly remembered when he actually becomes somebody. Yeah, but rooting behind Big Body Harvey. They took it way too far. Mm-hmm. The idea, right... Is it Mackenzie? Mackenzie Mitchell. Mackenzie Mitchell, right. She was poorly scripted here. The idea of... We see what the Renee Packhead. We saw it with Mean and Gene Oakland. You're meant to be steadfastly professional. Mm-hmm. Even when you know better, you have to do your job, be professional, be impartial. It's only when the heel dickhead really winds you up where... Like Renee Paquette can kind of like roll her eyes a little bit, but like very subtly. Yeah. And Regina Oakland had conniption fits. Oh you, know, whoa, whoa, whoa. you don't start by saying that the subject you're interviewing is a clown and that you don't want to be here today. Yeah. It's like you have to, to build that kind of fake authority as a broadcaster, which is a very significant role in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. You have to be impartial until you get tested. Like him saying, I want to fight this person, they're injured. Like, and she saying that they're injured, they're spent. That's her product knowledge. That's, yes. Yeah. And then she can then slowly start to disbelieve what this person's saying. You don't start out like that, mm. it just becomes a bit. Yeah. And it just this wasn't rot- rotten eggs like something like cock. That's not funny. That, yeah, that
0: was absolutely terrible. And you could feel it as well, couldn't you? You could feel it, this yeah. like WWE comedy uh, eking was, out of it. I was it. dying inside. I was dying Zero inside. Zero charm of this. Um, <laughs> as there wasn't to this next minute, which was criminally agented because it went about like 12 or 13 minutes, I think. Um, Keanu James versus Fallon Henley. Axiom, by the way,
1: is back and he accepted the challenge. Yes,
0: yeah. We've got uh, we've got Axiom back in action. Um, but Axiom, yeah. Keanu James and Fallon Henley, um. Not the payoff, exactly, to a storyline which I'm, like, very keen... Not to get your thoughts, but, again, we might have somebody from this storyline... Potentially. ...in the podcast studio. Potentially. Who who can say it? Yeah, Fallon Henley and Keanu James have been feuding for a little while now because, obviously, Keanu James wants to buy Fallon Henley's bar and there's all these family memories. Problem is, this is starting to, like, get set up or get positioned as a blood feud. And and I'm not just talking about the blood in his keck, but, like, Keanu James may have to try and... Um, sleep with Broggs. I always forget which one so wanks is. But anyway, Broggs or Briggs uh, or Josh? wanks is Brooks Jensen. Brooks Jensen. There's an implication that she might end up sleeping with Brooks Jensen or indeed, even grosser, sending her assistant to sleep with Brooks Jensen so that he signs the bar over Uh which is why they're kind of like, you'll see like Fallon Henley and Josh Briggs like slapping him across Like, get your head in the game, you know. I, I can't do the voice, really. Like, we, we, I can't, I yeah, can't do it. Yeah, we've had on the podcast, I can't really do the voice. But in order for any of this to feel real, they remember at the very last minute that this is a pro wrestling show and you've got to have a pro wrestling match. So that's why I think this got as long as it got, but this didn't remotely scan as a blood feud. This was proper, proper, uh, let's have a performance centre match. What did uh, Prince Albert think of this? Well, let me tell you how you bumped wrong. We need to do some more drills on this, blah, blah, blah. On fucking telly. I got nothing from this. And like Fallon Henley, I've recently been going back through and looking at some of the stuff she's done on Level Up, on Dark. Like, I'm not becoming like a Fallon Henley truther, but like, I basically, I just wasn't aware. Like, my feeling... She's a bit more snug and mechanically sound. Yeah, my feeling as a pundit was that I didn't realise quite how much he had in the locker, because you're just seeing all this so a lot of stuff instead. And I didn't get any of that here as well. This didn't seem to... Uh, I've already forgot two one. Maximizing her minutes
1: Keanu well, James won
0: Keanu James won Because I, was, I had to like Double check my notes there Because she's got a 401k As the uh, as the finisher Because she's a Businesswoman Um, So yeah Keanu James gets the win It wasn't for the stakes For the bar Like But now she's beating her What She has to Put it on the line In a ladder Like I don't know what But anyway Yeah she beat her And this didn't feel real oh, Bad night Bad night Hi Josh Ah uh, could, uh, do you think maybe you could have a word with somebody about getting that door fixed? Because Stax has never once looked into it, that creep. Well,
1: as you can tell from my disposition, oh, I can fix anything. I'm a real man. I'll get that sorted out for you. I you know believe why? you, you know know the tool I, belt. You know what the trick is? What's that? Tell me the trick, sorry boy. <laughs> I don't know the trick. Why, it's WD-40, of course. Of course, of course. Bad night for the boys and the girls. Last night, got beat. Worried about the bar now. I couldn't pay attention to this match, though. Why not? That sex-past friend of mine. (laughs) Yeah. He kept saying. Know what he kept saying? What he keeps saying? I love it when Keanu grunts and screams, and it's like, you ain't gonna shag her, son. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what they're there for. You a YouTube commenter or something like that? Very distracting. Very
0: distracting. Does he forget sometimes that he's a wrestler? Because he just seems so obsessed with sex. Couldn't he, like, just go and meet women rather than trying to wrestle for a while? I don't want to, like, put a ceiling on your
1: aspirations for to win the NXT Tag Team Championship. He's obsessed with puss that boy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely obsessed with puss. Right. I try and watch these matches. I try and get behind my gal. Yeah. And all he's talking about is the titties and the ass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this guy's in his uh, semi on like John Cena at time. Don't no that time. You know, no, this
1: guy's in there. He's
0: not even a semi at this point.
1: I was oh, tucked his strata eye out, Actually, actually. Yeah, bad night. Bad night for uh, what, Fallon Henley. <laughs> Fallon. Bad night for Fallon. But uh, yeah, he just, why? just, Jensen just sits there, a blanket over him. Uh-huh. Him. Him. That's what they say. Get him. Kick his Pl- ass. A blanket over him. and uh, Even in the crowd, one of them Sid squashes in the night is. Kick his ass. I uh, don't know what to do, man. I love that bar. I don't know how much it means to Fallon. Do you think it's at risk now that she's lost to Kiana James? My what? understanding of the game is that over the course of a match, uh-huh. that will be at stake. Yeah. Even though the two things are entirely <laughs> different.
0: Different worlds, actually.
1: I don't know why one has to do with the other.
0: Why is Keanu James right? Have, have you Have you just seen her backstage, Kiana James? Because surely she must just be spending so much time doing business that she hasn't got time for... Now, nah. Sidgwick, can you do
1: the, this business voice? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'll tell you, Jensen had an idea. Mm-hmm. I told him it's wildly problematic. <laughs> right. Do, do you want to tell me that or not? Now that you know it to be wildly problematic. Well, I don't think it's going to happen, okay. but I know that road dog, and it <laughs> might actually happen. <laughs> right, yeah. Let a match. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fallon wins. (laughs) Yep. We saved the bar. Great. Keanu wins. And I said, Jensen, they ain't objects, but I'm actually worried about this is the way it's going to go when (laughs) he gets to shag it. Oh, no, son. She didn't consent to that. But I do think that they did something with Indy Harwell, did they not? (laughs) They
0: did. Yeah. It was about whether or not she could marry Dexalemis, I think. Worrying. Yeah.
1: (laughs) A worrying direction this could take for my career. I think
0: so. Your career.
1: And Fallon's. I did not expect no, um, Mr. Briggs of all people to realise that that would be a bad direction. And I'm actually worried that they're going to take. People don't
0: think that in backwater Southern Hick dive bars they're talking about things like problematic connotations, but people shouldn't be so stereotypical. No,
1: that's what we've people learned. should not be stereotypical. That's
0: what we've learned from this, from yet another indeed learning <laughs> tree of an NXT podcast. Yep. Uh, Malik Blade is devastated about... Him. It's not funny, because, like, they've obviously used this jumper, this, like... <laughs> a family heirloom. A family literally, heirloom. Literally, actually. I think it was his uncles or his dads. He did... he did. This was from a few weeks ago. We're taking the piss. But, like, you got... Von Wagner obviously tore it up in that skirmish the other week. Uh, but Idris uh, Nofi and Odyssey Jones are, are there to cheer him up. Yeah. Um, uh, Malik Blade is going to fight Von Wagner and make a point, but he's going to do it alone. He doesn't need them out there to help. So we'll see how that develops later on. Uh, now, we go to the um, the big... As, as in only, actually, I think, advertised uh, match for this NXT, which was the, uh, the big six-woman between Nikita Lyons, Katana, Chance, and Caden Carter, the Tag Team Champions, versus Toxic Attraction. Hold on! Stop everything! Because Zoe Stark at this point, just wants to kill Nikita Lyons. So she just decks her straight away. She attacks the leg. She uh, tries really hard to continue to get the seal character over. There's does a, does a sneer and a smile. She, she's happy with her work. She, she's pleased with this. But uh, anyway... Uh, Lions could be injured, she could be out, she's targeted the leg again So we'll see if this match can even take place Who knows, who knows if it can even go ahead Like, I'm sure there's already a main event in place So it's not like they could just slot this in at the end of the show Like, I I don't know how they would fit it in Because I'm assuming there's already something going last Well, how's it going to work out? Don't know Anyway, from the complex jungle of trying to book an NXT show To some other jungle, or a forest maybe, in Ireland Yeah We don't know But what we do know I had to write down because I kept trying. I was practicing the pronunciation of this name on the train this morning. We do know that Lyra Valkyra is uh, coming to NXT. But uh, is it a woman? Is it an animal? Cedric, what is her thing? Because the implication here is that she used to be a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Talk me through this. <laughs> Again, for people that listen to this rather than
1: watching, Talk them through this. There's a famous uh, line, catchphrase, slogan, whatever, surrounding a very famous uh, fictional character. Superman, okay. (laughs) So the idea is, could it possibly be this impossible thing? No. It's (laughs) Superman. And then with, what's her name? Uh, Lois Lane. No, man, the new character. Oh, uh, Lyra Valkyra. Lyra. Lyra. Is it a bird? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) he got it in one (laughs) no one would ever say that why would it be a bird even in superman it can't possibly
0: be a bird is she gonna tag with someone that used to be a plane is that where this is going some superman law is it a bird yes when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think.
1: Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host. Well done. There's a bird lady Birdland. who has, yeah, I've outgrown my old feathers. It's awesome.
0: But <laughs> well, sh- the feathers are a, me- a metaphor. Actually.
1: Yeah, she shed her skin and she's a new arrival and she's going to be better than ever. It's all a ridiculous metaphor, except she's actually wearing feathers and is in a forest and did look skyward as a youth because she was enchanted by the birds leaving Ireland. She is a bird. Yeah. But people think, right? We're just. Stomp, clap, stomp, clap, stomp, stomp, clap, stomp, clap. It's not bad faith. She's a
0: bird of war. She is a. She's a bird, right? Has anyone tweeted that yet? What a bird of You don't what? even get likes when you bury NXT. Nobody knows what you're referencing. You know what? What?
1: I've got an idea for a... I got an idea. Maybe I'm not... Just remind me I've got an idea okay. after we record, because I don't think we might not be able to do it. All right. But I've got an idea for a podcast mm-hmm. that I'd like to do. And if we can't do, we'll just pretend it's one of the ones we do do, okay? okay. Remind me. Because All right. So we not sure Shawn Michaels, right? Yeah. All right.
0: Well... This might tie in. Like, people think sometimes we're just taking the piss of taking the piss of sick. This is not it's a bird woman. She's a bird woman. This is not bad faith criticism. Because, like with Uncle Howdy, like with Joe, like Joe Gacy when he's using fleshy in monks to get to Brombreak, whatever it is, they all grab a hold in the end, don't they? I know. Like, whatever they do, whatever jungle have come from, Alba Fias communicates only in flames at this point. The bell rings, they lock up, and they grab a hold. Like every single time, and it just renders these like Kiana James that wants to buy a bar. You should probably want to be a wrestler. Like you've chosen your job. Tony D'Angelo, as much as we love him, should really concentrate on one line of employment or the other at this point because he's making money in neither. It would appear. Like in a proper,
1: fun- it's so weird in a proper functioning wrestling company. There was a wrestler. Her name was Britt Baker. You might have heard of her. She's a star. She still works the idea that she was a shoot dentist Uh, in real life didn't get over because it was like kind of ridiculous. You go, uh, uh, oh, that's it. That's good. Yeah, I don't necessarily think her shoot dentistry (laughs) career has any impact on her ability to wrestle. So when they said, you know, she's a shoot dentist, I went, oh, that's quite impressive. Mm. Don't keep saying it on telly because that uh, affects nothing about my enjoyment of her character or my support of her character. And they've have fake jobs, worked jobs. How's that going to work when the shoot one doesn't even impress me that much? No. A shoot bird.
0: Yeah. Well, like, and again, to use uh, bird iconography, we've got Athena, who was big into those, like, robot wings she would come up with in her entrance, and people are like, oh, know, I'm glad you like them. Can you... uh Hit the Eclipse, please, because it's a stunner from the top, and that's cool. Or as is happening now, do you want to kick some ass? And then people are suddenly like mega invested in Athena all over again. The wings are nice for her, but it's not part of what gets her over. They just ignore that completely. NXT, don't they? Uh, it is absolutely one thousand percent gimmick, 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 gimmick. It's it's not like occupational stuff. Was Vince McMahon sitting down with these people that he believed to be grey lumps of trash? And said, tell me something about your life, and maybe I can sell some action figures off it. So, like, it kind of stands to reason that if a toy looks like a tax man, he's going to be different from all the other wrestlers. Yes. Thus, IRS is a tax man. I'm Not justifying loads of terrible gimmicks, but that was his rationale. We're not in that era anymore. Everybody knows too much about how all this works, and yet we've arrived back at that thought
1: process. Because who's buying NXT action figures? Nobody. What's happened to Shawn Michaels? <laughs> Shawn Michaels, in 1995, alongside the Click, were like, awarded a... Pretty sizable degree of backstage power and influence because they were saying to Vince, "Yeah, this stuff is a complete and utter load of bollocks. Mm-hmm. We can see the future. We can be the future. We can change it and make more money in the future because we know we're cool. We know we're great. Hey, it, Brett, work the dentist. Work the ninja. Yeah. Work the old man. Yeah. like They knew that Like we'll give Brett the gimmicks. Yeah. We were not doing that. <laughs> and they ultimately, even though Sean didn't make the money off it, <laughs> did change it because yeah. they had the right idea. Why is Sean doing the wrong idea when he's in a position with all of the power to not do this anymore? I tell you what, I want to do this podcast. And if not, then I'll, I'll blow my beans. It's fine. In like the wrong context. Just AW review. Right, oh, I'm Sean
0: Michaels? <coughs> there, there's, there's tons. It's been, what, a year plus of 2.0? And this remains a staple. Like almost every week, there's a this is your thing character and it's nothing to do with wrestling. And it's as far away from wrestling as it possibly could be.
1: They could theoretically...
0: Michael Hamflit,
1: and I wish I could tweet this, but there's no point because I won't get any numbers or engagement when Twitter's a game yeah. that exists for this purpose. They could book a heat angle in the sea when Salruka is surfing, and what's her name? Uh, Lyra? Lyra Valkyra. Lyra Valkyra could swoop from the skies and knock her off the surfboard, right? Yep. Maybe there's a shark nearby, mm-hmm. right? She just valiantly struggles away, right? The surfer character would have motive to go after the bird yep. because she endangered a life in a heat angle. They could book, book a, a heat angle in the sea between two characters on this show. But
0: when she can't get revenge, Soluka goes to drink away her problems at Fallon Henley's bar. And it's only then, at the bottom of the bottle, that she realises the answer is, in fact, in academia. And she enrols in Chase You. But while she's in Chase U, Kiana James says, don't get jobs out of degrees anymore. Why don't you come and work for me in big business? And she moves into big business. Like, and not a single wrestling match has taken place. Jesus. And yet these are active characters on this show. Yeah. It all starts with the birds who in front of the skies. Yeah. That could be like the, uh, you know, the, the elite saga. That yeah, could be yeah. the, Sor- the Soruka saga. She bounces from one gimmick to the next. Yes. Yes. And they're like, so he starts Dexter in a quiet heat angle. Like, six months of that. Yeah. And then somebody's like, I've injured your leg. You're gonna have to take me on a deadline. Huh? Huh? <laughs> right. Big body Javi and Axiom. Also go too long. Um this is Axiom's return match. It's more of a showcase for him. I feel a bit sorry for Javier Bernard, because he was cast in this job role before he kind of was given the A permission, I guess, to start getting himself over and getting his character over. And it's a bit like they've forgotten that in the way the agent in this match, I thought. Axiom returns, gets his win, he's immediately re established as a big deal. And like, well, you know, we'll see why that is later on. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this needed. We'd sort of fantasy book that Big Body Habby could ride this gimmick all the way to deadline where somebody would return or make a surprise appearance and just flatten him. And Axiom, I think, on that, not that. Deadline is that much bigger a platform than Weekly NXT, but it would feel that way. And they'd be like, you know, I've been talking for weeks, now I'm ready, and it is Axiom. And it was like, the guy you buried right at the beginning has heard that and he's come back. Because it's happened on television, and this is effectively the payoff to that big body
1: hobby character, I sort of thought like this was mistreatment
0: of a few good weeks of television. Decent as it was to see Axiom back.
1: Yeah, my only prevailing thought on this was that Axiom, understandably, is light years ahead yeah. of Harvey right now. There's a bit where Axiom threw a drop kick. I was like, "How did he rotate that quick?" Yeah, it is ridiculous. And when Harvey was trying to get the heat, it was like it feels so much slower than it actually is. In contrast to Axiom's just next level athletic brilliance. Mm. So this was a match of two halves, shall we say?
0: I still think the play is the tag team. You know, we've got from Frazier called uh maths and English, uh, and they just do flippy stuff together as a team. I think that's like I think that's ready, but it would have to be. Math, a
1: oh, math, math, math in English. English, trig in English, <laughs> calc, calc, Calc in English, calculus and English. What well, them as a team? So there's man. calculus, there's trig, geometry, study hall, recess, <laughs> freshman, <laughs> sophomore, I'm, I'm a junior, Ju- junior, junior. PS one
0: eighteen. That was the school. Uh, hey Arnold went to wrestling one hundred and one. Completed it. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm glad we make each other laugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Pretty Dadlies to Pretty Deadly. Yeah! Yes, boy! Yes, boy! I got the wrong
1: wing. <laughs> <laughs> Great, crack
0: this. Pretty Deadly, just just pretty deadly all over the screen. And then explain that next week it's time to celebrate at NXT because, well, as we all know, 7th of December, or 6th of December by next Tuesday, it's Christmas! Yes, boy! Wait, What's that going to be? Like, pretty deadly just having like an NXT Christmas day a full month early. Is this because deadline is going to happen, then they're going to, like, take some time off the taping or something? Will I go back to the to the UK? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Oh, that'll be fun. Like, pretty deadly doing Christmas stuff. Yeah. It's is, is pattern, isn't it? That'll be great. Oh, I'm ready for this. So, we go next to Apollo Crews, who's riding in his drool. Oh, my yeah. Actually, uh, we know Apollo Crews is this thoughtful figure oh Yeah. See him out and about um, as he looks not just into his journal, but into the future, which we know he can see, unless he's someone's fired in his face, in fact. I haven't got the app for that when I'm doing that this week. That's what we can do for Christmas next week. We can bring Will Bourne's Christmas app yes. back. Uh, <laughs> and Brom Breaker, it's like a four-camera shoot. I counted four separate cameras. Bronbreaker Breaker sits down at this diner table with him. First observation, uh, you forget how big wrestlers are until you see them interacting with normal things, and suddenly, like, just... A diner looks like they're in like a toy town because they're too big for this yes. table. Like they're just giant fellas and they're too big for one of these tiny booths. Uh diney booths. Uh Brombreaker has come to see him. The chat, right? We'll we'll delve into some of the lines specifically. This is Shawn Michaels, NXT two doing um heat. Yeah. The generic chat between the two, Pacino and De Niro is like, I'm the best. No, actually, I'm the best. And the reason I've come to NXT is to kind of put you in your place and remind you that I'm the best. And Braun's like, no, I'm definitely the best. And Apollo's like, no, I'm definitely the best. And then they both agree to disagree, and we'll see who's the best at that line. That's the, That's could the have crux been, of this. Could have been done without all of this, right? But there was just a couple of like, lines that popped me for how stupid they were. Braun Breaker <laughs> sits down, right? So this diner, which is just, we've never seen this diner before. It's like Bond's tool belt, right? And yet Braun Breaker sits down, and the first thing he goes, like, Figured you'd be here. As if, like, Apollo Crews, just, uh, when he goes missing. People
1: know, and then he, and then he... Hang so on, hang like, on, hang on. I thought that it was Apollo Crews who could see into the future knows where people are and what things are <laughs> happening. But apparently, prompt break, it just knows where people are.
0: Well, but he says, figured you'd be here. As if, like, this diner is familiar amongst the boys in the back. In the back. And then he goes, what's good on the menu? <laughs> so it's like, is it brand new here or what? mind up, foul. Like, the same line. Figured you'd be here. What's good on the menu? Eh? Right? So they're going back and forth. Apollo Crews at one point says uh, now I've been around the infectious environment of the performance centre. It was like, well, that's 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once back. Triple H
1: <laughs> Triple H told me he sprayed the canvas. So come on. It's Apollo. like a sword, actually. Of course it's like a sword. Everything's like a sword, Triple
0: H. <laughs> Order a <of> skull. <laughs> I know you can see the future, Apollo, but can you stop seeing the past, please? <laughs> We're all trying to forget it. Braun <laughs> says uh, you don't think every day of my life I'm at the gym at 6.15 a.m. to keep this body in check. He says, like, he's putting, is he one sugar in his coffee or something like that? And then Apollo's like, oh, I'm there even earlier. What? <laughs> run, I don't sleep. Profit, is it? That's why I get there even earlier. Like the, I cut, leave before cut. you even come. So. Do, yeah, actually, do this again. Cut and start that again because that does not work. Like, I, I get there late and I go at uh 6.14 a.m. So that's how they are now bumped into each other in the gyms revolving doors. Just the worst dick measuring contest you have ever, ever seen. But they keep having to make it... Just in case we are thick as pig shit, the idea has to be, like... But they definitely mutually respect each other. Yes. Nobody's a heel here. Thicko's watching at home. So, like, every time one of these awful, excruciating lines gets delivered, there's a long, lingering cut to the other person's face going, huh. with, like, this little grin... Like I recommend people go and watch this if they haven't. Like, it's probably, I imagine WWE have isolated it on the YouTube channel because the, yeah, like, these NXT pullouts outs they're always there for you. Um, It's, I mean, it's brilliant, but it is awful. Absolutely terrible. Of a match that I'm just looking forward to. Yes. Throw a graphic up on this week's NXT and say, next week Apollo Crews and Brombrough come face-to-face had a deadline NXT title match. That would have been more effective than this. What were they thinking?
1: It was very funny. As he said, it was a dick measuring contest. It was the the scene in heat in the diner. It was basically two baby faces with mutual respect, just talking with just enough tension to make you realize this is ultra competitive. But it was framed as if it was like sort of like an 80s. There was so much 80s action energy, yeah. but bad energy <laughs> to all of this. Like Like, my dick's bigger than yours. Hey. But I still like your dick. <laughs> That's basically it. Point is, we both got dicks. Point is, both got dicks, around here. Both dicks. Uh, my dick is uh, eight by five <laughs> in a length and girth. Ah, <laughs> oh, know. That's uh, eight point one and five point two. So, <laughs> hey, you still got like, a good dick, though, guy? Uh, even progressive Josh brings to come. Well, I was. Uh, that was on a flop. <laughs> so, if yours is only eight point one and five point two erect, then, oh... We've all heard about grow is not show is, brown. Well, because when it's engulfed with blood, mine actually uh, grows to 11.4. Do you say blood? Nothing
0: with where my uncle and dad are?
1: And 6.3. So, do the math, Axie. I've got a bigger day. Are you talking about now? Oh, that was before <laughs> I reached puberty. Because now... It's like fourteen and uh oh he like a good dick bro and then left just the dialogue was so bad. It's good well, of you. breakfast of champions. Bron gets the menu. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's not on the menu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, like,
1: uh, it is, cause it's a plate of eggs. Catch some good fish lately. <laughs> I yeah, used my cock as a rod, so it uh, it got plunged deep into the lake, very deep. And obviously, of course, everyone wants to suck it. That's such a good cock. So one of the fish bit down on that bell end there, and I uh, just whoop, hooked it back up. I don't know why it breaks, and then it got in the boat. Whoop. That's how big my cock is. Well, just like
0: you know, if you want to rip the piss out of your vignettes, don't film them in the first yeah, place. No, uh, I know. Apollo's like, Catching good fish lately, and bro- this wasn't Bron's exact reply, but it was along the lines of huh, seeing the future lately. Hey, if you think this is so, like te- right, next week, they're going to be like, I "Thought I'd find you in a stupid
1: diner." <laughs>
0: and just don't film the first thing if you only exist to rip the piss out of it a week later.
1: That's the Fed for you. Yeah, that's the Fed. Oh boy, what a time! Right,
0: JD. Uh, <laughs> what this company needs. Uh, Undertaker would say this himself. Guns and knives and locker room leaders. Well, we got uh locker room leaders right here. Because it was J.D. McDonough versus Julius Creed off the back of McDonough invading the diamond mine earlier on. Uh but it wasn't really about the innering, which was pretty decent to be fair. Um Julius Creed is in well, and Bruce, but like Julius in singles action feels like a guy doesn't he there's there's something about like his uh, his snap and his ornaments it's
1: all there and his face as well
0: yeah like J.D. I I hate how much I quite enjoy him sometimes
1: now what a a moonsault yeah
0: like it's It's unbelievable massively toned down
1: the Patrick Bateman element because he's wrestling more because they realise a few weeks after everything they do that everything they do is bad yeah the work when they have to mock it in the skates, or just de emphasize it entirely. Yeah,
0: when, when like the guys can go and you know, McDonough can go, like the work immediately speaks for itself, and it's like, why did you make him speak like Patrick Bateman in the first place? So we have this pretty great for NXT back and forth, but it all breaks down, Sage, because JD McDonough goes to use the chair and up steps via. Clearly, he's been taking locker room leader lessons from Sanger, and he stops. JD McDonough using the chair, and the ref throws it out, I think giving the DQ in to McDonough because Vera's interfered with him, and the... No one cares about the result. No, nobody gives a toss, because the whole point of this is McDonough's a little pissed, and he's getting in the way of the big lads having a big tag match, and share want the Creed's Daisy Fresh for Deadline. What did you make of this development?
1: I like it. Yeah. I quite like this, you know. too, cautiously, yeah. Cautiously, they just want to see who the best Hoss destroyer reckless unit is in a fair fight. That could potentially obscure a twist where they cheat, Uh where VIA encourages Zang to cheat. There's room to explore, but I also like the room that they're in. Very nice.
0: Uh, To give you an opportunity just to do one of your favorite things in terms of burying a specific wrestler for certain quirks of his, shall we say, Am I right in thinking? It's certainly looking that way from television. That, uh, is it going to be FTR versus the friggin' guns at final battle for the ROH belts? Is that where we're headed? Well, is I honestly it, thought. I'm not just asking this to be cynical, but we're looking at basically comparing two tag matches on these shows that happen on the same day. NXT have got the better hand.
1: <laughs> I honestly thought they, because they've been building FTR versus the gun club for ages, right? right that it's not going to happen on a random dynamite lovely little addition to Winter is Coming, yeah, yeah. where you've got Best of Seven, you've got MJF versus Ricky Starks, which could be something really special, particularly in Texas. Why not give the guns 15 minutes to see just where they're at, where they are at? Obviously, FTR is so good at elevating people. That wouldn't necessarily be a true indication. But that's absolutely fine mm-hmm. Special TV fair for me, particularly when he built it. I really enjoyed the gun club on the outside. Yes. It's not, I didn't think it was going all the way to Revolution. I thought oh, it's Winter is Coming. I thought, final battle with this. I would prefer it. So they seem to have very much dropped a thread. I'd prefer it if it was Gun Club at Winter is Coming immediately. What comes first? Whoa. I think Final, uh, final Battle, I think, is around the 11th-ish. And I think Winter is Coming like the uh, 16th. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, do the Kingdom at one or the other. The kingdom, and at yeah. least Kingdom will probably give you a better match. Yeah. And they're more ROH-y. Than Gun club, that's the way around. I would do it. Our eyes, just... our
0: eyes are still being taken by Indershire in and the Kreezer. Uh, I know, I know, right there. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. Um, it's the weirdest thing. Have they forgot that the kingdom exists. What's going on oh, there? Yeah, it's been, yeah. I hope that would be a nice, proper. It would feel like,
0: Taven kind of rules, actually. Yeah, and it would feel like that was the purpose of the coming in and trying to take the titles at the first. Anyway, yeah, it's Ring of Honor stuff for a preview that we're. Who knows if we'll even goddamn do Because it's a ring of fire. It's can, a ring of fire. We're, we're <laughs> never, so it's a like NXT 2.0. Is is it, this is it, you know, you've got to give the people what they want. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of giving the people what they want, we are back to Dijak. Yeah, uh, I oh, can't. I didn't uh, write down. Uh, there's obviously one bit that I can't wait for you to uh, repeat here, but I didn't write down what Stax had to say um, because I didn't feel like I would be doing him justice. He's a part of this podcast family, so when he's around, he can deliver his lines. But Stax gets Dijak's attention as he's uh, leaving the building. I am... Um, it's not even a Kevin Patrick thing. I thought I had in my notes what DiJack called Stacks, but I can't seem to find it. Have you got that in yours? What to do, you punk rat? <laughs> a punk rat. I, 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 a punk rat. I cannot wait for what, to tell you what Stacks thinks of this. I'm glad we've got uh, an in to Stacksy. Yeah, we've got, we've got the... We need to fight. Yeah, how does yeah. it feel getting called a
1: punk rat? A punk rat.
0: A punk rat. Imagine that. A, a punk a rat. Who do you punk.
1: think you're talking to, You punk rat. That's DiJack. Oh my god, I'm not, it's not a bit. It must be hard at this point for the newer listeners to distinguish what is a bit and what isn't. Yeah. Obviously they weren't talking about their cocks. No. That was, I was just doing a an extension of the logic yeah. there for comedic effect. Dijak literally called Starks a punk rat. A punk rat. He sounds like, uh, was it bebop and rocksteady? Yes, yeah. That's exactly the kind of thing they would say in that exact cadence. These when re- they were going to threaten to beat up Splinter. Before the Turtles interview. Yeah, yeah. We'll get that punk rat, right, straighter. We'll get that punk rat. Right. <laughs> you punk rat. Right. He's an absolute joke. Rat. Punk rat. <laughs> what is a
0: joke? The joke that was the segment continued. Um, Tony D'Angelo uh, got in before the sights did. Dave Meltzer could never. No. that is uh, never in, be bothered. His <laughs> in ring return is next week on NXT. Do look forward to previewing that one. Um... But he wants Wesley's North American title, and those are his aspirations, and they're DiJacks too. So could... Uh, Tony was suggesting, positing, that maybe they could uh, work together on dismantling Wesley. Dijak was, as you'd imagine, quite non-committal. He's his, he's his own guy. But yeah, uh, an interesting
1: first development in the uh, the Dijak NXT story. All I will say that every competent <sighs> mafioso unit that wishes to um, avoid detection by the law... You always need a cleaner. Hey! That's... Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Yeah! Cannot uh, yeah!
0: Cannot wait for it. Oh, man. I can't... Like, they need to give Dijak, like, a devil's sky. Yeah! So I think It's something way too grandiose. <laughs> Von Wagner and Malik Blade. Malik Blade gets nowhere near the revenge that he was supposed to get for the jumper and the damage that Von Wagner has done to him personally and professionally, actually, because the party layers on himself finishes Malik Blade in, uh, like, three minutes with that neckbreaker thing he does. Um, this Wa- match was not good. No. Um, this match
1: looked horribly dangerous, actually.
0: We were... Wagner, we were sort of... Uh, not kind to his match with Von Breaker. We were just honest in our thoughts that it was actually surprisingly good. And Von Wagner, I think it was against like Solo Sokoa, there's a there's a big guy thing with Von Wagner where despite him being big, he emotes so little in the way of menace as a giant that it almost works better when he fights the giants rather yeah. than guys a little smaller than him. And I think there was a bit of a chemistry problem there, but you shouldn't be really seeing that in what was effectively a three-minute squash. And it did feel a little bit... Blade almost broke his neck.
1: Yeah. And then immediately afterwards, they got lost. Uh-huh. Um, they got badly lost when they were trying to do something. It's one of those where you just had no idea what they were trying to do. But the, the lead story here is that Blade almost broke his neck.
0: And, and I don't know if this comes back round for Wagner because Idris Sinofi and Odyssey Jones are there to fend him off. And Odyssey Jones and Wagner, it's WWE, so Odyssey Jones and Von Wagner feels like the match. And that might be great. In fact, like I want to look at that, yeah, I want to yeah. see how that goes. Um, but yeah, this was less than ideal, so we hope we assume as well. I've seen nothing today, Malik Blade's fine, but I would hope looks, so, yeah. Looks rough. Um, the judges have made their decisions who's going to judges' houses. Uh, the Iron Survivor challenge participants are in the men Carmelo Hayes, JD McDonough, Grayson Waller, and Joe Gacy. There is five people in the Iron Survivor Challenge, and it's WWE, so there's always like a last-chance battle, isn't there, for the final spot. And that's going to take place on next week's NXT. It's a wild-card triple threat between Von Wagner, who we've just seen, Axiom and Andre Chase. Trying to put all this together, right? Von Wagner has been on a losing streak, but has just won. Axiom has been gone, but has just won. Andre Chase, other than the Tishma moment, Tishma moment, loses all the time. So it doesn't really... Check out, actually, no. why they're in there. Nor does it make sense as to why Carmelo Hayes is, is has made it into the match. So the fact that the wins and losses are supposed to count has been undone by the judges,
1: yes. who are putting people that are that's, not necessarily... That's why on don't put Road Dogg in there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's the reason for that. But there's our lineup anyway for the, the men. The women, um, Zoe Stark, Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, Kiana James. Uh, again, like I will say at least a little bit more. They have tried to observe recent wins, I would say, for them. Uh and then in the Iron Survivor triple threat wildcard match, it's gonna be Wendy Chu, Fallon Henley, and Indy Hartwell. We would be remiss. This didn't take place on NXT, but it took place on Twitter this morning. If uh we did not briefly touch on yes. <laughs> Wendy Chu um going for Cora Jade in 280 characters or less And dropping a hard C-bomb on the timeline. C-U-N-T-Y,
1: Jade. Because we got it. Wow.
0: What do you make of that? I can't say the word because I don't know how to do the beeps and the cuts like Will does in the podcast. But um, I understand that wrestlers are in this grey area on Twitter about how you use your character or your real life words to start a few. Dijak's got himself in bother. Seth's had issues over the years.
1: It's WWE. You you cannot do that, can you? (laughs) Well, it's WWE. You cannot do that. And uh, also, there's America. There's America. We use that word. It's a term different. of endearment, and, yeah. and an oh, insult, yeah. and it's so normalized. And it's just great. Yeah. It's such a great word. But the Americans absolutely hate it. Mm. Firearms, great. <laughs> uh, Wars you shouldn't be going into, wonderful.
0: Undoing the first uh, free healthcare package. You've had a new nation's history. Wonderful. Class. Yeah, class. Get that done. Get her done. Get her done. Get her done.
1: This word. No, no. No, I don't use this word. Mm. A weird set of values. So we'll see where that goes.
0: Because, uh, like, again, is it, like, are they mates? Do you infer from that that, like, she's giving her the nudge? Um, do you mind if I tweet that? Like, showing her the phone backstage. And going, oh, That's oh. how it all bloody works. You man. hope so. Until yeah. it
1: doesn't realise. Oh, hang on. AW might be screwed, <laughs> actually. And you
0: see, like, some potatoes
1: next week. Yeah, so yeah, know, yeah. Anyway,
0: weird. Uh, in event time. Main event time, and luckily there was nothing else for the remaining 10 minutes of this show, so they were able to slot this match that should have taken place earlier in the card here. Whew! Thank God. I don't know what would have happened if what happened on Raw occurred where Kevin Owens and Jey Uso had a little chat yeah, and, uh, and people start finally understanding why we take issue with these sort of contrivances but anyway Sox Attraction versus Kane and Carter, Chance and Nikita Lyons the whole story of this match is that Nikita Lyons is obviously carrying this injury but she's trying to gut her way through it because she's a baby face and all this sort of good stuff um, the bad knee is ultimately the undoing if the baby faces, it gives way, um, despite her fighting back and getting the hot tag, it all just falls apart when uh, she can't support herself. Um, and she takes the L to the um, Toxic Attraction doing that. Like, it'd be generous to call it Total Elimination because it doesn't look like it could actually hurt you. No. You, you know the thing, the high-low deal. It's not do. even like nearly elimination. <laughs> no. <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. So they hit totally fine uh, to get the win. Totally um, take a bump by <laughs> <fine laughs> yeah. a cell. Which was... Um, the safest out for this match, which is not the way you should think about it if you're trying to invest in a story, but I think from an analytical point of view, Nikita Lyons has lost because she's heavily injured, so they can blame that on Zoe Stark for that payoff. Meanwhile, uh, Toxic Attraction, uh, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane have got a win as a tag team that suggests that they could be in line for a tag title shot, even though they've been nowhere near those belts for ages and they pin somebody... Completely unrelated to the tag champions, actually. But that's what it felt yes. like this fucking was trying to do, did it not?
1: Yeah. My thoughts on this match were mixed because... Katana Chance. Mm-hmm. Kugan. Yeah. Like, I was less high on the tag match that they had with Starks and... Stark and Lions before... They heels, turn. by the way. They're so unlikable. Oh, they're so unlikable, but... I'm almost impressed when I kind of, like, resent the performer <laughs> and they do things, work and babyface, that pop me. Yeah, It's like, you're actually, you must be good. Uh-huh. a stubborn bastard. Mate. She always had the Ninja Warrior stuff, didn't she? Was she like, always had bad. something there, yeah. But she connects with that stuff now. Mm. She can slip behind and, yeah, I think she's, like, she can slip behind and mount another phase of offense. She can really connect with the dice of the outside. Like, I think she's greatly improved. Mm. And so I was kind of into it as a result watching her. And then the big bit of the match, and you're meant to feel, ah! when well your bloody knee wasn't blown out? Yeah. You might have connected with that kick. Nikita Lyons tried to work a missed kick, and she just basically went, <laughs> <laughs> eh-oh! Yeah. It wasn't like, ah, oh, I've stretched it too much, too long, and I, ah! She tried to make it seem, I, like... She tried to do a kick, Mm -hmm. but it hurts to even try and do the kick and try and, like straight on her ass. And it looked so bad and so comical and so slapstick that if you uh, were homing on the footage, zooming in in hands and just isolated, you can hear someone piss themselves in the audience laughing.
0: no, not one of them. them. Get
1: to the point, moments. She's got terrible political opinions. Yeah. Which is odd
0: because she does actually, she does have a certain pro wrestling baby face. Face, like I see why they picked her, the two of them, uh, to be the baby face. But uh, Zoe, I should say the show goes off the air with Zoe Stark looking down from the uh, the regal eagle's nest platform regal's for nest? You ever call it the regal's nest? That would've a should good, have that would've been a good name for it, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, for shadowing. I think that uh, she's gonna gut her way into this last chance Iron Survivor match and get in. Stop. So we start winning on the night, but we will see. And will we care? Well, who can say at this point? Uh, yeah. Uh, if you care, please continue to care. You can uh, listen to uh, this wherever you get your podcast, and you can catch us later on for our AW Dynamite Preview. There's all the other coverage throughout the week. Thank you for spending so much of your time with us. We greatly appreciate the opportunity to come around and tit about on here with our work day even if Wilborn is in another continent at yeah. this point we'll try I'm oh, oh,
1: oh, coming back
0: yeah we'll try and get him back in for dynamite um, in the meantime if you want to engage with us on Twitter you can do at whatculturewb they can find you Michael Sidgwick where? at msidgwick I can be found at Michael Hamflit and until the next time we will see you soon planning for your next trip? elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen